This week on Security Coded, cyber attacks are now our number one priority. We'll also talk about RSA Conference and all the articles that came out of that. The latest exploits, and yep, Java has a new one. Malware, Bitcoin, Firefox OS, and much, much more. Welcome to this week's episode of Security Decoded. I'm here with Mike and John, and it's good to be in the studio this week, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> a couple of weeks we haven't been in the studio. No, we haven't. Yeah. What did we think of the Skype uh, session we did for our last episode? Well, it needs some improvement, but actually it's kind of easy to do it. So, yeah. I mean, it was nice that we could still do a show even though we were you know, at home. Um, we. I don't know how many the roads really were, but I know, I mean, next morning when I got up, the roads were dry. I think like we should have been in those Well, we had areas. two feet of snow. Is that is that right? That's what yeah. the weatherman were calling for. <laughs> yeah, two feet. Right? Two Somewhere. Feet. It was a nice snow. I liked it because it snowed. We got a few inches, and then it was gone the next day. Right. That, that's the kind of snow I like. Right. It was a good alternative for me because I'm still fighting off the cold. I got yeah. the, the, the little bit of a dry hack, so um, forgive me if, if you hear me cough over somebody. I'm, I'm uh, eating... Um, cough drops <laughs> like candy to keep it down but it's it's a good alternative to still be able to give the input but uh, stay separated from you guys and I actually thought it was kind of fun um, I did too I'm looking yeah. forward to it again mm-hmm. yeah there's some things we can do with that to help clean it up um, a little bit as far as I mean, it's a little bit of light when like yours we have to get John to not shrink down <laughs> <laughs> well I think some people are calling that episode uh, Dennis's big head I think uh, because that's all you see at one point is my big head so we can we can focus on you. I can talk to Mike. <laughs> he's, he's he's up from here on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like any new technology, uh, just have to iron some things out. That's all we have right. to do. Yeah. I've already taken some steps by uh, loading Skype onto the good computer with a good camera. <laughs> that should help, I think. Yeah, and I can actually. I have some cameras you can probably use if you want to. You want to try? I have some. Yeah. That actually do HD mm-hmm. video and Skype. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I have some things you can try. That'd be a good test as well. Yeah. And that's what technology is all about. You try, and you, if it's not working, then you just uh, right. go ahead and try something else. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. Well, good. So did you know that you can watch us record Security Decoded every week live? And while you watch, you can join the chat room. We've had a couple of people join, and I know we're having a couple of people join later, so we should have a pretty full uh, house there later on. Um, and with other live viewers, we have the chat room in front of us, and while we record, we can be interactive with you. So I guess the the biggest article that I saw, it hit all the media outlets. We pulled the headline from Network World, but intelligence officials see cyber attacks as the top U.S. threat. So that means terrorism has taken a second seat here to cybersecurity. That's what they're that's what they're saying. Yep, sounds like it. Are we? I mean, we a couple episodes back we talked about that um, where uh, it was the Cold War episode. You know, and and um, I, you know, we talked about the, you know, the new Berlin Wall is is now virtual, and and right now our wall has got as many holes in it as really good Swiss cheese. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's, you know, with with shifting technology, um, as we move forward, you know, the the threats don't go away; they just move to new areas. Yeah. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, this is a threat area that's growing very quickly. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think the reality is starting to hit based on you. We talked a couple weeks ago about the president's speech about it. You know, I think some of the reality is starting to come in that this is a serious threat for people and for the country in, in general. I, I think a lot of it was paved through, um, honestly, it's, it's our, our little, you know, private malware writers or, or guys that are looking to make some kind of money off of it, you know, and, and they've tested the way to take advantage of vulnerabilities, um, you know, how to leverage new tools in ways that people haven't thought of before. And, and you know, they kind of, I think they paved the way and, and now you're just seeing it used on a, a broader scale. Yeah. It, what's uh, scary about it is that you have terrorism, which is has a political agenda. But here we have the financial crime element. Right. So you have old style criminals combining with terrorists. It's a, it's a pretty uh, pretty scary confluence of, right. of bad actors here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Mike mentioned that the president mentioned this in the State of the Union. Yeah. Now we have this report, and this got every media outlet. It's the Washington Post, New York Times. Um, it was on CNN. Uh, it was on every uh, media outlet. So it got a lot of play. And then today, I don't know whether you saw it or not, but the president met with uh, top CEOs, and the only topic was cybersecurity. And the CEOs were from AT&T, J.P. Morgan, um, for Northrop Grumman. What do you think, Mike, that the topic, what do you think these CEOs, what are their concerns? Well, I mean, they have financial concerns too, but you're talking about companies that are doing things for the U.S. military, mm -hmm. which I'm sure is probably where the president is partially coming from because they're holding some of the secrets of our nation. I mean, the things they build for us, you, we've heard about the drone being intercepted before. I think they're just trying to say this is going to get worse. We need to start you know, looking at it sooner than later, uh, especially if you're like a U.S. contractor of some sort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, JP Morgan, financial. And yeah. uh, we. Well, anything financial can be a big impact. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can just destabilize a nation um, without ever crossing a border virtually, right. just by impacting the economy. And, you know, um, you know, especially with the way that they're doing things in, in the cyber community now, um, you, you can deny, 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 deny. It's hard to really pin where the attack's coming from. Yeah. I definitely think we're going to hear more about this because this seems to be the theme of the administration, that uh, cybersecurity is going to be in the news just about every week, I think. They might even replace Java as our top uh, our top topic, <laughs> That's I think. That's going to take a lot to do, I think. <laughs> Why, you think uh, uh, Java is back in our headlines uh, this week? I'll put money, I I'll think put we money can. on it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, we mentioned this the last couple of shows that we've done. The RSA conference is always big, and we're really getting some big things out of it. What what have you guys heard from it? What, what new things or new directions did the RSA conference take us? Um, the the biggest one I heard was um, that there were um, a lot of vendors, security-related vendors, um, more vendor-driven, which is good because everybody has um, you know their opinion or their view or their specialty, and, and to get that many vendors in one room in, in a collective area, um, you know, sharing the information, which is what we really need to be doing. Um, we're we're well beyond the age of. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to protect this data for, you know, quote unquote, job security. Um, we we got to get beyond that. Um, so have you guys ever been to an RSA conference? No. No. I've been to so. just some several local ones. Mm -hmm. So, so um, you know, they always do a good job with the individual. Mm -hmm. I mean, the vendors are there. You obviously have the room and you have yeah. the keynote. You went two years ago. 
Is that right? Uh, yeah, I've been yeah. Like three or four times now. Yeah, so yeah. last time was two years ago. I did not go this year or the year before. Yeah. No, I went last year. Last year was Florida, right? Um, I don't remember. Yeah. I know uh, you brought back T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's from the show floor. I mean, the, Which T-shirts my kids are still wearing, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's from the, the show floor. But they have you know individual little rooms you can go in and learn stuff, and it's yeah. always educational. Um, but this year, nobody came back saying, like, I had a wow moment there. Is that so, right? Um, you know, always, almost always somebody come back and say, hey, this was really cool. They showed this or this new problems coming out. I just didn't hear anybody, you know, you talking it up this year. So I just don't know if. I'm not in that loop or, or what it is right now, but it, it just seems like this year wasn't the same wow as yeah. normal. I, th I think security's at a crossroads right now. Um, you know, we, we always talked about layered security in the sense of, um, you know, devices from the outside back. You know, what do I have at the gateway? What do I have, you know, as I get closer to my user community? Um, when we're finding that um, the types of attacks that we're most vulnerable to um, bypass all of that. So I think security is at a crossroads right now. I think as as professionals, as an industry, we need to rethink and reinvent and move forward. And um, so I, I I think that may be the lack of focus because I you know with this Mandiant report, you you can spend as many millions of dollars as you want. And they right. still show how effective and how easy it is to get in. Right. It was two years ago that the big thing at the RSA conference was their own hack. That's right. Yeah. Well, did you go to that one? Were you at I was the... there at that one. Yeah. Um, and I believe that the year before, it was talking about um, we had the RSA hack was the, was the last time I was there. Mm -hmm. So that was two years ago, I guess. Yeah. When was that last year? That was last year. That Orlando. Was last year. That was Orlando, mm -hmm. I think. Okay. Yeah. It might have been. I, I don't remember. But... Um, the time before that, it was more of like the evolving antivirus type yeah. thing. Like, you know, you just can't look for patterns anymore. You're right. Worrying the heuristics type thing. So that was their big signature. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember reading about that, and that was the first time that people started suggesting, and it was pretty radical. Uh, that was that, Symantec that was on the presentation that, there. That's right. Uh, and Symantec announced that you know we're no longer going to focus on these signature patterns. We'll still do them. But we're not going to focus. There's going to be right. other, other. We actually caught to their, their webcast on that. And yes, it was we did. Very, very yeah. informative, and and um, you know they they were introducing terms like um, clickomania. Yeah. Right. And and this is the whole thing you're talking about. Where we got to think things differently and yeah. start reinventing how we're doing things. And that's what right. we're trying to do. Yep. Because you know? mm. obviously the signature thing is just a catch up. Thing. Right. You never know what you're going to get until you get a signature to catch it first to do it. Right. And by the time you do that, your infection's already potentially and, running wild. And, and you're catching the least riskiest. Yeah. Right. Well, the, the, the other thing they, they addressed, I think, um, that everybody's running into is signature bloat. You right. know, and, yeah. and uh, you know, <laughs> you just keep adding to this list, adding to this list, adding to the list, list, and then you just got this list that's. Yeah, I haven't seen any numbers recently, but last I heard, it was like you know tens of thousands of new signatures a day. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's just unbelievable. You got to imagine, and that's just the stuff they're finding. I know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the thing is, every client has to have that information. That's right. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah. Well, speaking in that same vein, um, we did get pull this one off of Trend Micro, uh, their blog, but they had a headline uh, on from the RSA conference on security awareness, hacking back and going offensive legally. And this was from one of their breakout sessions. And I know that John and I really liked this article. 
um, it talks about the same kinds of things, really thinking outside the box, getting away from those same old technologies. Right. And they were even suggesting go on the offensive. You got somebody attacking you, you know, do your best to identify them and stop them and shout out. You know, tell everybody right. else, and then that way they'll, you know, they'll yeah, do the same thing. I think you're kind of starting to see that with, like, Microsoft now. You know, it's one of those things, like, you got to join the bandwagon, you've been hacked. But mm-hmm. I think it's they're, they're, it's becoming more acceptable to get hacked. <laughs> I may hate to say that. Yes. But it's more acceptable to be hacked. Um, that would make a good headline. <laughs> I'm okay. You're okay to be hacked, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that... It's it's becoming more open. Like we don't gotta hide that anymore. Somebody used, used to be in the past that companies would say, you know, gotta keep this quiet, can't tell everybody, yeah. or gonna lose customers over. Well, now it's like it's just every day, but you're being more honest mm-hmm. about it, you know. And I mean, it could just be that they're being more open because everybody else is, and they want the same kind of press that everybody else is getting to. Who knows? I mean, what, yeah. whatever happened to the theory of um, defend yourself? And I think that's what right. more along yeah. the lines of what they're saying is is um, you know. In the past, um, defense has been prevention. Well, we've reached the the point where we know we can't stop them. So, like you said, we're at a crossroads. Yeah. Um, I remember this topic actually coming up um, in a couple of um, seminars last year um, about proactive hacking. That's right. Um, yeah. That we were watching and and uh, trying to get some more information on how to protect our network and and it's 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 a been lingering and now for to reach RSA I think you know it's taken that next step to the And if I remember the uh, the suggestion there was to do your own DDoS attack yes back to people attacking yeah DDoS them back that's right yeah, yeah. yeah. at least that way you have, you have control over the attack so you know you can turn yeah. it off and stuff like that that's right before it happens to you yeah. at least you can tell what's going to happen and I think that ties into our first topic which was you know the government saying we're under attack, we're under attack, we're under attack, and now businesses are saying, yes, we're under attack, we got attacked. And this right. is what happened to us. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and the article that Trent was talking about on RSA, that RSA that um, I think uh, piqued really good interest within Trend Micro and the um, analysts that they sent was, um, they said that there's appeared to be a um, larger emphasis on the human factor, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I, I'll beat that one to death, but they, you know, it's, it's an you got to adopt an awareness program. Um, our our first and number one and best security tool is your user. That's right. Actually, it's the best security tool, but also the worst. Yeah, vulnerability. Yeah. Worst vulnerability. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they yeah. go into the article, um, and then Dennis has it really well highlighted in the notes. And if you want to put it on site, mm-hmm. um, seven highly effective habits for an awareness program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be on the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's uh, worth it going over a couple of these, but uh, a, a couple of them were have organizational buy-in. I think it's very important. Everybody starts thinking about security. Uh, more creative in- endeavors. You know, that's the, you're thinking outside right. the box, thinking right. different yeah. things, saying, hey, antivirus, you know, it's run its course, baby, you know? Um, and then uh, gather metrics. That's the old one, I think. That, uh, but you want to have the right kind of metrics, I think. You do, yeah. 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 I mean, m- metrics only tell the story that you wanted to tell, right? right? It's funny to talk about RSA because last time I was there, I think it was the last time, time before, I was actually sat in one of the classes, and it was called Metrics for Bunk. Yeah, so, that's right. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's all what you do with them. So. That's right. And then, John, I know you probably want to speak to this one, but be the department of how. I mean, it, it just um, when I first started working with Mike and Dennis, um, that was our our philosophy. Um, our philosophy was um, never to say no. Um, if anyone presented us with a challenge, 
um, to accept the challenge and provide them with the best possible solution. And um, I think security as a whole needs to do this. Um, it's real easy to tell everybody no. It's real easy to tell everybody yeah. stop this. Um, but all you're doing essentially is bringing a problem to the right. table. You know, right. they need this type of access. They need this type of application. Um, for you to say no, now you're giving them a problem when they're coming to you for a solution. Right. So, you know, take on that challenge. You know, hone your technical skills. Yeah. And bring solutions to the table. So, you know, security needs to be, you know, not your your security department, but your your department of how. How can I get you an effective solution and protect the network at the same time? Yeah, I think that the there was a quote in that article that said, let security be a key part of solving business challenges, not an obstacle to it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the next headline, a new exploit kit in Neutrino. This one comes from Trend Micro as well. And I guess the culprit here is Java. <laughs> Well, there we go. There we go. Back to Java. <laughs> that's the new. That's the new latest Java vulnerability there, and when it is exploited successfully, it downloads a ransomware variant. Yeah, and and we um, kind of predicted ransomware was going to be um, essentially our fake AV. Uh, last year, fake AV um, really crippled the net. Um, just bond everybody with the, you're infected, you're infected, you're infected, and just you know locked out several essential things that made it difficult to clean. So um, ransomware stepped it up this year. So ransomware is not saying you're infective. They just basically lock you out and say, right. give me money. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely like, well, it's the smash it and dash. how you look at it, if it's better or worse, because with fake AV, you only can really get rid of it typically is to reimage the machine. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. so it was more of annoyance then, and right. now it's, uh, you know. Yeah. And we've known a couple of people have gotten infected with it, and they're a little afraid when they when they call us. They say, yeah. what, what, what is this? What, yeah. what, what's going Do I have to put my credit card in? Yeah. And the answer is always no. Yeah, no. <laughs> They'll even tell us what site they're on. Yeah. I was only on Hotmail, I swear. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Our, uh, our next article from Trend Micro again. This very good uh, Trend Micro blog this week. Uh, They're they very really, active. They must have came back from RSA. Uh, you know, <laughs> this, this happens. You know, you, you get charged up when you come back from a conference right. like that. And, and you're... the other thing was, I think before RSA, they were probably working on the RSA stuff. Yeah. And they didn't make a lot of announcements before RSA because they wouldn't make them at RSA. So mm -hmm. I think there's just and now RSA is over. They're back to the normal. Well, they are a vendor, right? So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but this article headline is uh, Andromedia uh, Botnet Resurfaces. And we've seen this one. This is uh, the Black Hole Exploit Kit, which can be very scary. So is that Andromeda? I'm sorry, Andromeda. And, yes. That sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one of the ways that you, or more, like, more than likely way that you will see this introduced into your system is through emails. Um, you know, everybody will try to layer defenses on emails, but uh, the way that they spam botnet, um, hide things in an email, catch you on a link through a redirect, or, or whether the package is there, it's you know, it's uh, probably the easiest path to exploit. Um, and then it's it's hack the user again, hack the user again. You know, um, I have the black hole exploit clip, which I know works. Mm -hmm. All I got to do is just. Fill in the blanks. Yeah, hook that user. Get mm -hmm. that one right. user. Yeah, I find it a little interesting. It's it's mostly affecting um, Australia, Turkey, and Germany. Yeah. So I wonder if it's just like a, a test for them. You know, yeah. Is that 
more could be coming with this, I guess. Right. I, I kind of also wonder, um, you know, if if it's related to, um, you know, the the entity that's deploying it. You know what I mean? Yeah, could be. So, um, you know, do they they is it easier for them to exploit that region versus you know the U.S., Canada, or your you know other European countries? Yeah, the uh, the article suggests that the reason why this one is tough because it can manifest in a couple different ways. Um, it has a rootkit element, it has the callback element, it has the backdoor element. Key right. loggers and form grabbers. It's a data stealer, big time. Yeah, um, and that's pretty scary. Yep. Mm-hmm. Our next headline, uh, there's a new SOS on the block, Firefox, and the headline says, how safe will it be? That is uh, the last one from Trend Micro that we have. How safe will it be? Uh, it's hard to say. I haven't, I've seen images of it, but I've never actually seen it actually in use. I might watch a video of it like on their site, but I haven't like seen it. I know it's not really offered developers yet, so I don't really know all the details about it yet. Um, I'm kind of curious to see what it comes out with. I mean... You know, Chrome coming off with its own OS, which is essentially Linux, yeah. you know, with Chrome on top of it. So is that what they're doing? Are they running the same type of thing? You know, I mean, the details, it'd be kind of interesting to know more about it. Yeah. And that's how you can tell how it's going to be exploited or exploitable. You know? my, my, yeah, my biggest thing is to get it out of their hands. They know what they want. Right. Um, but, you know, you get so focused on your own baby that you can't see your own flaws, right? Everything looks, it's your right. child. That's why you get pretty. out to the developers. They yeah. get the developers out there and start testing it and things like that. Yeah. But... As far as I know, nobody's really had a chance to beat it up and see yeah. see what it's like. Yet. I mean, the prettiest baby in the world is your own, right? So to them, it's a it's a pretty baby. It's yeah. the prettiest one out there. Um, but I, I I have some concerns because um, they they're trying to um, get a little bit ahead uh, and and really leverage HTML5. Mm-hmm. Right, and actually, I think that's kind of what the article's kind of talking about was HTML5 has the ability to store data locally. Right. Yep. And you start doing that, you're giving them access to local storage. That's right. What else can you take advantage of there? Things like that. So. I mean, there there are other things that um, we have actually run into. And I, I I gave you, I think a couple of months back, I gave you a piece of malware to reverse where we found a version of HeapSpring. Targeted for Heapspring. Right? Yeah. Remember that? And um, because it was specifically targeted for platforms that leveraged the new HTML5, um, you know, HeapSpring, which was an old attack, Right. Um, was renewed and brought back specifically right. for HTML5, HTML5 as the yeah. attack and um, you know because of the HTML5 component um, with the old attack of heap spray what it did was it made a super heap spray that would happen so fast mm-hmm. that it was almost undetectable yeah, yeah. hard to detect yeah yeah mm-hmm. Uh, so our next headline, uh, anatomy of a problem, Bitcoin loses 25% in value due to a long miss bug. I'm surprised Bitcoin's still around. I was talking to you earlier about that. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why people would, would buy Bitcoin. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. What was the, what was the, uh, the game that everybody did that was like a virtual game? You could buy money, right. buy property in it and stuff? I'm yeah. Like, and people were selling it on eBay. Yeah. I'm like, what is this virtual thing? You're buying money. Yeah. Well, there was, well, there was a hack a couple of years ago where people could hack your computer and basically steal your Bitcoins off mm-hmm. your computer and... and they were building these enormous banks, stealing yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah. So this is interesting. They had that hack. They had another hack later in the year, in 2011. So they took a pretty big hit. Now their own developers found the flaw. They announced the flaw, and the uh, the value of Bitcoin went down 25% after they announced the own flaw, after they found it themselves. 
So isn't that kind of shooting yourself in the foot and kind of contrary to what we said about, hey, if you get hacked or if you do a vulnerability, go ahead and speak up. Tell everybody. I think they try to jump on the bandwagon where, you know, Mike says it's no longer acceptable to try to, you know, hide your 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 faults to come out there and, and tell everybody, hey, yeah, we do have our faults, but look, we caught one. We fixed it. And what did it come back and smack them? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, Bitcoin is on the frontier here because digital currency eventually will be here. And this is the first test run or the first uh, microcosm that we have of of the use of digital currency. But yeah, we all use digital currency. I use digital currency. Online banking, PayPal, right? Online mm-hmm. banking. I'm thinking yeah. PayPal because, you know, it's yeah. their money's not really – they're a bank technically, I guess. But yeah. They aren't, they aren't regulated like a bank. I mean, they're not yeah. regulated by the U.S. government or anything. But, so, we, I mean, we discussed so, two episodes ago the – the ATM mules, right? Yeah, yeah, that's essentially an attack on virtual currency that they were able to convert into physical currency and then yeah. have people right. mule it across. But in this case, that that money has value. Yeah, yeah, that it's has money. value. It's, it's money. Yeah. yeah. But here, the bit is the currency. Yeah. Well, yeah so that's you, the difference. You know, the scary thing you say bit if all the hard drives that had your bits on it would go away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's right. You could lose right. value to it. To back yeah. up your bitcoins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cash, you know, it's physical. I mean, I know it's in a bank and you don't physically have it in your hand. That's right. But they are insured and responsible for it. That's where with Bitcoin, just a bunch, it really is a bunch of bits floating that, around. You know, there's no... I just, I don't know. That's right. Well, well as we talked about with our Skype experience, you know, sometimes you have some test runs that don't uh, work out exactly as you think. But, yeah, yeah, you know, right. so maybe Bitcoin is going to be the precursor to actual bits having value. I, I think Bit, Bitcoin's biggest mistake is this, is that um, they were compromised twice. Yeah. And they weren't small compromisers. They were pretty significant compromisers. Yeah. You know, and and um, what you want to do is is uh, reassure you know your customers that you know you you are secure. Um, I I, th- I think that's what their intention was, um, but the way they delivered it, it just totally backfired. Yeah, and you know, I just remember the game. I was thinking of Second Life. Remember yeah, that's right, Second, Second Life. Life. That's right. Where yeah. you could buy property and yeah. build houses. I mean, but it's so different than World of Warcraft, where yeah. people are mining for gold and they're going out and they're buying things from people. You could sell the virtual gold. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. Not, well, in the virtual world, in this case with yeah. with WoW, they have a, a an auction in there. Yeah. But people are selling items in these worlds on eBay. I mean, it's mm-hmm. people and people are paying money for this stuff and it's just yeah. Yeah, real cash. Yeah, not it's, not it's, only that, you know, there were a couple of lawsuits because uh, there was, I remember there was a, a husband who had a, a second life. He had another wife in a second life. Well, the, the real wife found out <laughs> took him to divorce court and said that he's cheating. He's got a second, second wife in a digital life. <laughs> Can you imagine that too? Yeah. <laughs> I believe that they declared that that was not an actual relationship. <laughs> Sounds like a Judge Judy show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so our, those are the end of the Trend Micro uh, headlines. Uh, now on to Naked Security. This one comes to Naked Security. In fact, same thing with Naked Security. Very good stuff on yeah. Naked Security. We had, a, we had a good time going through those articles today. Uh, Adobe tells Windows and Mac users to install critical security updates for Flash and AIR. Air, yeah. Air, yeah. So yeah, they um, and they, they. I think this this helps takes care of a, a vulnerability that can allow remote execution. So um, well, here's the thing with Air, Adobe Air is for executing. I mean, it's basically their scripting language in a 
in a shell. So you write your script, you give it to people who have Adobe Air installed, and they can run on Windows or Mac. It's like a portable bowl. It's similar to Java in some ways. Yeah. Very portable. So they got to allow some things to run because otherwise it's useless as a language. So um, I, I got to say, it's going to be a possibility for vulnerabilities, I think, in Air. Java and Adobe, to me, as far as their exploits um, and what they lead to, what their end results, they almost come hand in hand. For as many things as you hear Java, I bet you I can find the same thing for Flash. Right, and that, and that makes sense because they're both allowing code to execute. You know, yeah. Java is allowing you to execute things on your on your operating system, and so is Flash. I mean, Flash is using the Adobe language, the same thing that Air uses. So yeah. the same vulnerabilities are going to exist across all of those, and that's just how they the products are very flexible. You can you know, re- and create programs with things. That's what they're trying to. Yeah, and the, the I mean, the good thing of it is 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 that the um, new release and the reason why they're really pushing for it is is because it's it's not to just secure. Um, a vulnerability. It's actually to secure um, a real-world exploit, where they right. see this being exploited now. Right. So. Yep. So Krebs Security had an article that said, "Help keep threats at bay with click-to-play." So we finally have some solutions to Java and Flash. Yeah, and and this is good, and and um, I try to keep these two articles closely related yep. because we're coming off the heels of, you know, the Flash and the Air um, patch. So um, uh, what Krebs on Security um, did a really good article, and 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 if there's an article in here that you should really read, um, it's it's I really highly recommend that you go to this one. Um, but it talks about limiting your web browser plugins like Java and Flash. Um, can help block attacks from committing your drive-by attacks. Um, most people that we see get infected don't even realize that they're being infected. Um, it's And uh, that's essentially what we would call drive-by attackers, where um, they're not doing anything malicious. They're not going to inappropriate websites. They're going to legitimate sites, and they're getting these um, drive-by infections because of the fact that um, they have Java and Flash enabled as a browser plugin to automatically execute. Right, and you can actually you can change that. And it says you can't do it in Safari yet, but um, you can do that already in Chrome. I know I've seen it in Chrome and yeah. Firefox both. Yeah, they said so. Um, the ability to um, to disable the click and play feature is built into um, Chrome, um, Mozilla Firefox and um, Opera, and they said, and it's available via an add-on in Safari. And not only do they um, let you know which browsers it's available in, the article tells you how to do it. Yeah. It tells you how to um, disable this. So if you disable the auto-run feature, what it does is is if it runs into an instance where it requires Java, it requires Flash, instead of auto-running it, it'll populate a box with options in the box that will say, do you want to execute this? So you can make a decision on whether or not you want to run the Java component or whether you want to run the Flash component. it's almost like your automatic updates. Yeah. You know, hey, I got an update. Right. And check it out. So, so um, I mean, in some ways, I kind of do this the way I surf now is, you know, I use right. Firefox as my main browser. And if yeah. I go we, somewhere. We I, talked about this two episodes ago. Right. Yeah. And I, I do mm-hmm. not have Flash or Java running in that browser. Yep. If I get somewhere where I need it, then I go to Chrome. Yeah. But by that point, I've made the decision that I'm willing to take the risk of right. going to that Chrome browser. Right. You know, in Chrome has a little bit better control over Flash and Java, I think, right. as well. A little more sandboxing. So I'm not quite as a risk, at a risk with that. But 
I don't find I see many things that I can't do. I mean, YouTube is one thing that I can't obviously can't, right. can't yeah. do. But most things work just fine being safe in the browser doesn't run Java or I mean it's actually a good test if you want to know if you'd be infected uh, be affected by not turning it on or right. off is try a browser turn it off one browser and if it doesn't work for you go back to the other browser I, I gotta say it's I think the biggest impact to it is is more the um, social media sites because everybody loves to link a video or yeah, but I use social media you know, sites uh, except for YouTube it's again it's in yeah. the yeah, it doesn't seem to work. So, um, and then and, uh, Mike says you got to test it out. But I, um, I think the the biggest disappointment um, is the one browser we didn't mention. We Internet Explorer. Hey. Well, <laughs> well I mean, that's a, so you could do it, but it's difficult. Very, <laughs> very hard. So I have to ask, are you surprised by that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, with as as much bad play as you're getting. Um, the worst thing you can do is make something hard. You know what I mean? You, you, you so would you think they would do. Do you know what version is there? Is IE10 any better? Um, well, they said IE10 tries to remediate this because they use their own version of Flash. They're yeah. not actually using Flash. They ha they have um, something that um, helps reduce. The okay, so I'm going to go back to something that Apple recently did, which was go to the Java site. And yep. say you get your Java now from Oracle. We're not going to maintain our own because we can't mm -hmm. keep up with it. Yeah. Right. So now it's Microsoft trying to create their own problem by trying to maintain their own version of Flash. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I can just see that happening. I think they so. should learn from somebody else who already had this problem. Now I did load ten on uh, Windows eight, um, and it's pretty good, but it's hard to configure. And things as they get further away aren't in the place that you start looking for them. You know, so. right. I think I think the thing is 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 they're trying to make it easier for um, a, a home user like my wife. Right. Um, but the problem is you make. But it makes too, it makes too. it more difficult for. It makes it more difficult for us and makes it yeah. less secure typically. Yeah. That's in that same process because they don't want to present you with these questions you're not going to have the answer to. Yeah. So um, they just try to do everything for you. We had we said it something like last week where. Um, just because something is com more convenient doesn't mean that it's more safe. That's right. It's actually the opposite. Yeah, usually. So yeah. Um, as a side note, um, if you enable any of these features um, where um, you disable the click and play or even if you decide to unplug Java from any of your browsers, um, if you run an Oracle Java installer to update, it will reset everything back to default auto. So every time you update, Oracle will re-enable the plugin and have it run auto. So keep that in mind. Um, if you're securing yourself by um, enabling the click and play feature and you update, go redo it because it has been reset. Okay, that's good to know. So something ironic here while we're talking about it. Uh, you know, I take classes for cybersecurity and it's a cybersecurity school. And I got on my um, website tonight, and uh, after our articles, I had, uh, I, after a few weeks, I had uh, disabled Java. Guess what I had to re-enable or go to my other other browser to get onto my <laughs> Your security my, class. my school's security class. That's kind of funny. So you are getting your doctorate, right? <laughs> it is a really secure security school, right? <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was kind of ironic, actually. Yeah, that is kind of yeah. and you did it on your IE browser, right? That's right. <laughs> no, I had to go to Chrome because Chrome is the one with the Java. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, here's the scariest headline. Um, we talked two episodes ago about places that 
you give data and you don't really think about it, and you hope that you hope they don't get hacked. So here's the headline. Equifax and TransUnion say hackers sold celebrity credit reports. Now, they were after celebrities because, you know, that's where your biggest bang for the buck is. But, you know, what if they lost a lot of data? I, I, I just got to wonder, you know, if it's more than the deep pockets, really. I mean, if you're in there, right, you're already there. Based on the fact that they're targeting celebrities and, and political people, you know, like Joe uh, Biden, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, and Michelle Obama, they may have been looking for more information than just trying mm-hmm. to steal, but more background information on yeah. them mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, I, I would be hard pressed to think they would go after and try to steal money. I mean, that would be the big coup, right? Yeah, you just stole money and you uh, from the. Uh, First lady, you know, that's like a big thing right there. Yeah. It'd be a thing to tout, but I would think they're doing more research on trying to get background information on them. But I got to kind of wonder what the repercussions are for something like this, because I don't sign up for an Equifax service. I don't sign up for a transusion service. But you don't have to. No, no. I mean, it's it's not like something that, um, you know, I go out and say, hey, I want you to do your credit report on me. They do it on their own. People request, hey, what's this person's credit report? What's this person's credit rating? And they actually go out and scour right. I mean, that the, information. If any credit card company every once in a while would run your credit just yeah. to make sure you're still okay to be there. So, and, and that's what I'm wondering is, is, is what's the repercussions on something like this when this is a company that's, you know, um, providing a service to help, you know, say, well, this is an acceptable risk for a loan. This is not an acceptable mm-hmm. risk. And here they're losing data on information that's not volunteered. You know what I mean? Beyonce didn't say, hey, Equifax, you can have this. You know, um, Hillary Clinton didn't go to TransUnion and go, that's here's right. my whole history. Right. But, uh, you you know, know? I'm sure somewhere in the agreement that you signed with your credit companies. Uh, that little teeny print little on teeny the back. print at the bottom, and it says that you. you <laughs> that know, my bifocals you, can't read. <laughs> you agree that we will report this information onto a credit bureau. So yeah. at that point, they're probably off the hook. I would okay. guess. Yeah. Be, that would be my guess. Yeah. I'm not a lawyer. Now the um, back in the 30s, you know, this country had a um, a rash of bank robberies, and uh, they had a bank famous bank robber who was uh, executed, and he said, "Well, why did you uh, why did you rob banks?" And the guy says, "Well, that's where the money is." So. <laughs> The same thing here. Here's a lot of data is being stored here and a lot of personal information. And it is being – John was right. It's being collected probably without your awareness. Right. But yeah. they also typically have information about your your home loans and stuff, which have your home location. So what if they're trying to get somebody's house address? That's right. Or some also something else. There could be other reasons. They I mean, if you can extract the data, data you got to assume they can alter the data. So how soon until somebody just starts crunching, you know – I wouldn't say so much as destroy credits. I would think that somebody, you know, hacktivism would all of a sudden everybody would have an 800 credit score. You know what I mean? Yeah. You qualify for everything. And then all of a sudden yeah. everybody's got the, the American Express black card. Right. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, we, uh, we had the Bitcoin example that, uh, you know, you could fluctuate the value of something if you, if you had control over it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Colin Powell's Facebook account has been hacked. So even the general isn't safe from hackers. Um, but the, this article is pretty funny. It said, well, you know, maybe maybe the, the general should get some better uh, support in picking out passwords and other basic security measures. 
So what do what do we think about this? We think that Colin Powell got hacked. <laughs> well, I would hope that he has pretty decent security policies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the fact that he he should be restricted. I mean, he shouldn't be allowed to put anything in there that wasn't really yeah. safe. But look, it could be a personal account. Yeah. So you just never know. But. Well, there was a little bit of hacktivism uh, at work here uh, because uh, it was a, a slight at George Bush. Uh, so it, they replaced pictures and added funny captions and things like that. This so, is the, yeah, the oh, intent yeah. wasn't to steal data. Yeah. It was more defacement. To, yeah, defacement. Yeah. Actually, I just saw it was Facebook. I'm sorry. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, I, I just got to say it, um, this is not surprising. Um, I, th- I think the the shock value in all of this is the name. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not it's not surprising. He's not an IT professional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he's he's probably worked forced to put this password in that he probably does not like to remember. Yeah. And you know, at home, he's going to be like everybody else and make it as simple as he can to remember mm-hmm. it. And, you know, so. Yeah, I think it was General One. I think that was probably the password. <laughs> Our next uh, headline is Evolution, Microsoft moving past the Patch Tuesday update cycle for its Windows 8 apps. What do we think about this? Um, I think it's very good. Um, I, I, think, I think it's a very good move on, on Microsoft's part. So um, there's a lot of debate, but until you get the official statement from Microsoft, but the Patch Tuesday, I think, was primarily intended to um, help manage enterprises. Um, when you release patches and you release them on a regular schedule, you give enterprises the opportunity to test against um, test and dev environments, make sure that apps don't break before you roll out to production. Yeah, but probably, I'm probably what they're, they're seeing is most large enterprises that would do that have some kind of management system in place, whether using the Microsoft solution or something like Big Fix, right. do patch management. Um, I actually think it's a good idea. That's how most vendors roll things out. That's iTunes right. Or, or, uh, well, even the Nexus, my Nexus 7 mm-hmm. gets updates very regularly, and I'd rather have that than wait for a month because there's right. three weeks where I could yep. be vulnerable or That's something. That's right. So they identify uh, the threat, but doesn't go out until couple weeks. That's, right, and the problem is yeah. that's three weeks for somebody to write something before yeah. you put a patch out. And like, right. and like Mike says, it, it's, you know, Patch Tuesday, why they didn't get rid of it a long time ago, I don't have an idea. Of, you know, I just don't know why because... Um, most environments still control it. They they have like a WSS server or they have an enterprise management tool um, like Big Fix or Altiris or something where they're they're going to store the patches anyways. They're not going to release them on that Tuesday. They're yeah. going to release them when they're ready for it. Um, so now what you're doing is 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 you're actually giving cyber criminals windows. So they have now opportunities of 30 days right. to hammer out something as fast as they can right. and then just wreck. Right. And you see, you see that yeah. happen. You know, it happens that something's announced in a matter of a, you know, 12 or 24 hours, something's already out there and there's not a patch for it available. Of course, yeah. the AV companies generally try to get involved in that too. Right. Yeah. But they shouldn't have to do that. And then, yeah. then, you know, then came the creation of the term out of band. Right. Yeah, well, we're going to do an out of band patch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with this this adoption of of a continuous cycle, you don't have to worry about out of band. Right. Exactly. You have a problem, you fix it, you shoot it. You have yeah. a problem, you fix it, you shoot it. So the companies defi- decided to follow with um, what they call um, a pedestrian path, which, right. like you said, has has been established already with several other and third party devices. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so by simply releasing updates as they're ready. Yeah, as needed. Um, and you can turn off auto update if that's not what you want to do. Right. So that option still exists as well. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, 
four months ago. Uh, we had a Java exploit identified. They said, well, can't get the uh, patch out into couple months. Well, it didn't turn out to be a couple months. They got it out fairly quickly because it turned out to be a big news cycle and mm-hmm. uh, it was bad publicity for them. Right. And they, I, I think Java and, and they they almost told everybody, you know, too bad. You know, you'll get it when we're ready for it. Yeah. Um, well, they're waiting for the end of life. That's, you know, that's what they were doing for one of their yeah. uh, six. Six, yeah. mm-hmm. which they said they were going to stop patching, which they just released the patch for. That's right. <laughs> But um, Java is becoming a pain point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A, a lot of our great tools that we use now that are very effective have been because we have a pain point. Right. But so that's the it's the, the whole seed innovation, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, pain point to make yep. something. Java, but Java is so widely dispersed right. and has been so embedded that um, I I think they're they have enough arrogance to think that they can't be knocked off the hill. Yeah, we got a problem, so let's deal with it. They're becoming a pain point. Guess what's going to happen? Someone is going to make a product that's going to ruin them. They better get on the ball because they are getting very painful. I mean, there's there's federal recommendations for people to just say, hey, uninstall it. Don't use it. Get away from it. Mm. You know, you you get state-sponsored pushes like that. Yeah, you know, and I have some friends that are Java developers. I'm sure they don't like hearing that, but yeah. you know, it's just the reality that that's yeah. out, that's there. So. so I can guarantee you, someone right now is sitting at a desk recoding. Right. You know, it's a matter of time. You you get painful enough. It's a matter of time. Yeah. Uh, the next headline comes from the mobile security arena. Mobile malcoders pay to Google Play. So we have malware targeting Android users, which we've talked about before. Yeah. And it seems like this is going to be another regular segment of ours. Yeah, I, you know, this is one of the things where I think Google needs to step in and say, okay, mm-hmm. we've had this open, and we want to keep as open as possible, but we do have to protect people. Yeah. So Now, I will say their base operating system, like in 4.2 that's you know newly out, um, is very good. It's getting much, much better at protecting things. But now they need to take it back to the source. So that's taken care of on the store. And what I don't understand is why don't they go to somebody like Lookout or one of those other AV companies for for Android and say, hey, we'll we'll work with you if you come in and scan our apps as people upload them right. to see what's going on. So yeah. we, and we talked about this because um, you do Apple development or, or, or app development, I'm sorry, for um, iOS, right? No, I do it for, I do it for um, Android. Android and, mm-hmm. and And I remember you talking about the process of just getting one of your apps into the the um, well, yeah, the app, store. Apple is, is a pain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, but I, I but I appreciate what they're trying to do. So it's not right. not a complaint. Yeah, yeah. But to make it less complicated for you. Right. Well, yeah. I, I don't necessarily think it's that complicated. They keep coming back and saying, you know, we don't like you doing this or right. things like that. The fact that they dig into it and check it makes me feel better in some ways. I mean, yeah, it's a pain yeah. for me, mm-hmm. but it definitely protects the end user. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's their intent, and they, and they discuss a part of that in this article, that they say, for those of you that are knocking on it, let's look at the numbers. You know, look at the right. number of malware written for iOS versus Droid. Look at the number of infectious or malicious apps that are currently sitting in iTunes or the iStore versus the, the Google Play Store. So. Um, in the article, they go to um, a Kapersky. Um, Kapersky did a um, analysis on malware um, targeted for, and here comes the security superdog. 
<laughs> so they, oh, I just lost my screen. So um, Kapersky did a study, and um, they did a study of um, malware written for um, Android OSs. And last year, the malware for smartphones increased by more than 780% over the year 2011. And according to Kapersky, of that increase, 99% of it was Android. So here, you know, as painful as iOS may be to get an app up on their store, um, for good reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why you said that maybe Google needs to do a better job because, you know, you want to maintain the I open source. I think it's time they got to look at that a little more. I mean, maybe not need to go as far as Apple, but if they would at least scan the app when it's uploaded, Yeah. Um, I think that would be the first step. You don't have to go through and tear it apart and see what it's doing. You mm-hmm. just scan it, make sure it's not going to do anything malicious anywhere. Yeah. What, do you, so. what if they uh, increase their uh, requirements? So, you know, it says in the article, and very good article, we should check that out on the show tunes, because, or on the... Uh, show tunes? Uh, on the show notes. <laughs> I, uh, don't put it past me <laughs> yeah. on the show notes. Um, so it says $25, and then you have to be tied to a domain, but really, it, it didn't mention any more. What if they increase that? What if you have to be yeah. an established... Yeah, the developer or the requirements were pretty light actually, and they were saying that um, it was it was a simple process of um, basically being vetted into the Google system, um, and it really wasn't that expensive. So what um, people were doing was is they were getting um, um, basically validated into the Google Play Store, and then once they got that name validated, they would turn around and then sell it on the malware market. Essentially, as an active account. Yeah, essentially, mm-hmm. it's mimicking the um, Bit9 security key. Right. Right. So now, <laughs> hey, I've got a legitimate name on me. Right. Right. Pass, 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 pass. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. um, and they're saying that they're seeing these certificates go as cheap as a hundred dollars a certificate. That's and right. And then right. you can just start mass distributing. So um, the article that this was written about was actually um, targeting. C- one specific user that that they were tracking on a um, hacker's form. Hmm. Um, not only was this guy just buying in mass these certificates, he actually has a kit that's deployable already right. for Droid. Right. Mm-hmm. So now he's masquerading behind these legitimate right. signatures, deploying a kit. Right. And the other thing you have to remember is. The Android is very popular in countries that are known for malware. That's so, right. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, you think of China, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's there is no iPhone in China. That's right. So if you want to go out to the China market, you know, China is what's the worst infected country, right? That's yeah. right. So, no, they're not. Who's what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get the same thing. People are saying, like, well, if you yeah. have Android, we'll just infect you with that too, and we'll just keep, you know, building our little network of compromised yeah. devices. Right. And, and not to not. Android. I, I got to say, this is we're not an anti-Android forum. No, absolutely, um, absolutely it, not. It just yeah. is what it is. Um, in in an effort to you know keep it open source, right? Um, to to maintain that freedom, you have several people that are just looking to take total advantage of it. Um, in 2011, the average piece of malware found for Android was averaging on about 800 per month. In 2012, that number is over 6,000. Yeah. Um, to be exact, I said that figure rose to 6,300 discovered every month. Yeah. So, um, And that was per the Kapersky mm-hmm. report that's published within the article. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's just astonishing. Um, that, I mean, that, that's, that's exponential growth. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it's ridiculous. It's, you know, we've talked about things you can do not to get infected from these apps. Go to a third party, 
recommendations, see how many people have actually bought it, take a look at the recommendations within them. Have we done a, a security 101? We did, on actually. That one? Um, yeah. I don't remember what episode it is. I have to look. Yeah. It's one of the earlier mm -hmm. where you talked about some AV products. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mentioned mm -hmm. different antivirus products and things you can do. Right. But well. see, and that's where this gets around um, because of the fact that you're actually buying a reputation. Yeah. Um, somebody's already invested the $25, somebody's already gone through and, um, you know, they've gone through the requirements for the accounts, they've gone through the approvals for the accounts, they've met, <coughs> excuse me, everything for um, Google Play to put you on the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And now they're selling their name. They're, they're you know, so uh, this kind of ruins the whole, well, let's do an integrity check. Right. Um, eventually they'll get caught, yeah. But initially, you know, they're going to be able to distribute some stuff out there. That's and, right. And they're going to get their, mm -hmm. you know, they'll, they'll get their 2% Yep, mm -hmm. and make their money. Uh, that was a great article, and that really gelled together a lot of our uh, stats that we've been putting together for the past several weeks. And uh, do go out on uh, Texan TV and check out Security 101 for yeah, any additional things. The video is Protect Your Android Phone. Protect Your Android Phone. Yeah, that would have been up to and I, I got to say, um, like, on episode eight, I, think. Episode I, I have a scanner on my iPhone. Yeah, actually, you can get lookout now on your iPhone. Yeah. Too. So, um, and what the scanner does on my iPhone is um, it basically does an integrity check of any app that I have on my phone. And it um, will tell me if it doesn't like a behavior, if it's a suspicious right. behavior. Yeah. And, and uh, then it's. So, is it, are you running lookout when you're running? Um, I can't, no. I can't remember. I'm so, sorry. I, I didn't know. I know Lookout existed. Um, Lookout's yeah. really good, too, because it'll email you every week of what it thinks your yeah. phone's doing, yeah. too. It gives you, like, a report. Right. Lookout's yeah. what I put on my wife's phone. Yeah. yeah. And, and it gives you... Android iPhone. Uh, iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you it gives you the ability to decide whether or not you want to dump the app or keep it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite. This is my favorite article this week. And the picture is great. You have to go from the show notes, go to this article. Uh, iPhone thief posts picture of himself seemingly seemingly smoking pot on victim's Facebook page. So what we had is we had, there was a young woman who lost her phone, and uh, she checked into her Facebook account, and there's a picture she did not post of a gentleman who we're assuming is the thief, and uh, he was smoking pot on this picture. So what uh, what could this young woman have done to pre prevent this besides not lose her phone? You said you said it was Facebook, right? Facebook, yes. Well, lock your phone. Did she have a password? She did not. Phone? She did not lock her phone. And also, don't use the 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 yeah, world's so strongest password of one two three. Yeah. <laughs> first thing is put a password. Well, the article did say that she did not actually lock her phone. It was a, 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 an inconvenience. It, it's a, uh, actually, I have a picture of the guy. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> And the hundred dollar bills he has in his hand. Yeah. So, yeah. Unless you want your phone to take a picture like this, make sure you put a password. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what can you do if you lose your phone right away? You can. Uh, you can. Uh, it really depends on what kind of phone you have. Yeah. So. Um, Is an iPhone in this case? iPhone in this case, if you have. Uh, you can actually go out and log into the me your me account or whatever your mm -hmm. iPhone account is. Mine's right. Still that me, um, and you can wipe it remotely. Yeah. You can also do a find my iPhone if you're going to try and get the police to find it. And that's something that's big now right now happening yeah. in New York. Yeah. And it was so, in New York City. It was in New York City. Yes. Mm. So they they may have you know told her to do that as well. Yeah. But they're getting very good about finding iPhones up there apparently. Mm -hmm. Now if you're on Android and say you have Lookout installed. You can remote wipe and remote find your device. Yeah. But yeah. if you do not have any AV installed, if you go to Lookout, there's a, a thing called Plan B. 
and it will allow you to download Plan B to your phone, and then basically it turns on the beaconing feature, feature, which I think allows you to wipe it as well. Right. So it's called Plan Plan B. Yeah. Um, now, how about your Facebook? Facebook and LinkedIn, and uh, should you should you change accounts then, or? Well, I would change the password at a minimum. So anything that you have stolen, and you might be one of those times that John has talked about. Just go ahead and change all your passwords. So. Yes. Yeah, it's, hopefully it's, it's not idea. the same password for every yeah. account. Because well, you know, it's the whole thing. Not, yeah. not first thing. Do not use the same password. So, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, every everybody is enabled the keep me logged in feature. Uh, yeah. You lose your device. Yeah. You've lost access, and and it's you know it's it's more than changing the password. You you get someone that's savvy enough. Um, if I can get into your account. Um, what I might quietly do is just reset your security questions. I'll let you change your password all day. And then all I'll do is go in and say, hey, I want to rechange the password, and here are the security questions right. that I now know the answers to because I reset them. That's right. And now I'm back into your account. Yeah. You know, and th there's a lot of things that you really need to think about. Um, and, and the best thing to do is, is really not to take this on to yourself. You so know? this brings up another another question. I've had this asked you before, not necessarily around this show, but – when you put in the security questions, do you answer them properly? No, I don't. That's I, I don't either. Because right. the security questions are public information. A lot of them are. So yeah. um, then the other thing is, is and it's the it's it. I so picked up on it so fast, but you, yeah, and I have to warn my friends about it. Um, your uh, uh, Facebook quizzes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's your favorite color? What's this? What's the first street you lived on? Uh, what's your no. do you like? What's your dad's middle name? What's this? And then you eventually pick out your security questions. Pepper do these little surveys. Copy this and pass it on to your friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. So I, I've always followed this. I I don't know answer. I know what I answer for each thing, but it's not the real answer. Yeah. So basically, you have your own second life. I do. Going, don't you? I do. Yeah. How about birthday? I, I have a date for that, too. Is that I'm right? a lot younger than my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't advertise, and I don't use the year. Yeah. I got to say, I, it, it, you know, some of it may be half correct, some of it, you know, enough to, to skew it, um, but close enough that family members know that, yeah, okay, it may be close to my real birthday, but, you know, how old am I really? You know, Facebook may think I'm 21. <laughs> yeah, now, but, I'll tell you, in Facebook, I have the right day and month yeah. but not the right year right that's an, yeah. and I'll because do because a lot of the kids birthday welcomes on the wrong day so <laughs> right um, yeah. but there is a typical answer I, I have a fixed date that I can remember yeah. easily remember that uh, I use for most things we're asking for your birthday yeah. that's not going to show up until something yeah, I think you're missing out I think if you had another birthday I think you know you might yeah. be able to work something out yeah. on that you know yeah, celebrate it twice yeah. If, yeah. if at all possible I try to use security questions um, that that isn't a part of any kind of document that can be requested yeah. to the Freedom of Information Act. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, something that's unique, that uniquely personal to me. Right. Um, that if um, if I knew it, basically my brother, my sister, my mom, and dad would probably know it, and that is it. Mm -hmm. You know. So, but things like you know, maiden names. Those those are I think the worst security questions that you could ever that's do, right. and, and it's almost probably the most common one. What's your mom's maiden name? Holy smokes, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, and that's you know, easy to get. Yeah, you, know? you might as well put one, two, three, four back in there. Right, right. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, also, in that article is a great link that says, uh, "Check out." Um, other goose made by criminals, and um, the, the, this is just another great link. Uh, but uh, they had the uh, burglars who went into uh, to rob um, 
uh, rob a Starbucks or internet cafe, and they had logged into their Facebook page before they did the deed, uh, robbed them, but they forgot to log out, so it was just easy to Oops. to find them. And and this reminds me of that, that goes in the stupid criminal. That's right. Yeah, uh, but this reminds me in the early days. I I used to work a help desk overnight, and uh, I had a friend who he got robbed. And during the day, he went home to sleep. Criminals came in, took his computer while he was sleeping, took his computer. They eventually found his computer. They went to prosecute. And on his own computer, they had a file, a document that said, things we have stolen. And the computer <laughs> was on the document. Everything they stole that day and everybody else. And they ended up with 10 counts of burglary. So why would you record that? <laughs> I don't know. What good is it doing you to record yeah. what you've stolen? You, Trophies. It, well, it's all the human element. You know, the you know the same bad things that are good and things that are bad kind of intermix here. You know, you want to be organized, but there are some things you shouldn't be organized with. Yeah, I, I guess. some thank you cards everybody that I've stolen. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and before we get to our malware, uh, you can get security code delivered automatically to your favorite device by subscribing to our netcast at your favorite podcast directory like iTunes. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel to get regular updates as well. Uh, if you listen to Sticker, Sticker Radio, subscribe to use to get your security decoded automatically every week. Uh, we also have a Twitter account that you can follow to get the latest news and information. You can find all the details by going to securitydecoded.tv. Uh, trending malware phishing. This is another one of my favorite articles here. Uh, Germans bombarded a malware attack shipment firm caught in crossfire forced to suspend email address. I will go ahead and say the name of the company that's on the email because I've been practicing and I haven't gotten any other word right tonight. Luftfahrtschatzendung. Uh, it's their uh, it's their equivalent of UPS. Wow, ours is a lot shorter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have seen this before. People want their packages, and it's very enticing. I, I'm, I'm, I think our companies are, what I mean by our companies, um, US-based, U.S.-based companies like FedEx. Um, FedEx has a global presence. Uh, this German company didn't. So, um, you know, it took a little while for it to make its – you know, it's rounds to these other um, delivery companies. But I think somebody found out and says, hey, if we can trick so many people using FedEx or UPS, you know, let's do a regional. And look how effective it was. It was so effective, they actually had to bring down their email. Yeah. So they had to suspend their email address yeah. to stop the campaign. That's right. So it said about this company was innocent. Yeah. So, you know, there's this thing going around where um, I forget they call them trolls, basically go around and, and attack companies or people and do something like this to them. It's In, in this country, we, we they call them trolls. Yeah. So they'll attack a celebrity and they'll deface the part of the celebrity or send out emails or, you know, make up something that isn't true. And enough of them get involved in the process that they um, – to make them basically take down their email. At right. that point, it sounds like yeah. bristling very similar to this. We we ran into a piece of malware like this um, late December, early January, um, where what we were getting was um, not only was it um, a um, email campaign, but um, the links within each email was dynamic. So doing a little bit of research on it, um, they were legitimate websites. 
And what they did was the websites had a vulnerability that the um, campaign the attackers were using were able <coughs> excuse me, to um, embed a piece of malware within their website because they had an open index. So if you went to the site itself, the site was legitimate, but by by appending that one index, you would go straight to the malware and it would deliver on you. Um, so what we were doing was, was um, you know, we you couldn't keep up with the way that it was morphing. It was just morphing too fast. But um, we started to notice the trend. We were able to capture where the injection was sitting. Um, and by carving it out, then we would go and visit these websites. And, um, you know, some of them we would just try to tell them, hey, your your website's compromised. You need to clean up. Yeah. But if if these companies, you know, like this shipping firm, if, if someone's not proactively telling them, guess what's going to happen? They're going to end up on a blacklist because right. they're actually delivering malicious code. Yeah. And now they're going, why is my website being blocked? Why am I blacklisted? And they got this little piece of, yeah. of malware. And I saw this email. Um, it's very good, just like the FedEx, UPS, DHL. There's no misspellings. It's it's taken right. All the uh, logos and icons are correct. Logos, yeah. um, you know, it seems like um, someone. If someone's expecting a package, why not click on it? Yeah. Uh, wipe the drive. Stealthy malware persistent mechanism part one. Uh, this is from uh, Sans, and it's the Shmukon 2013. Jake Williams and Mark Baga give a presentation. Wipe the drive. Uh, and I thought they had some really good, a, a really good point here. So this is for a security professional has a dilemma. I have an infection. Do I wipe it? Do I investigate it? What do I do? I guess it depends on what you think was taken. If you think something was taken and you, and you contain, you manage sensitive data, I think you need to investigate. Because unless you know what was taken you're at risk, or somebody else could be at risk because something was taken from your machine. Yeah. If it was my personal machine, I would just say reimage it. Yeah. That'd be my thing. Yeah, but it's you back everything up. You know what I mean? You, I how do. many? Yeah, how many I things do. do you have back? So, um, as much as I tell that to my parents, <coughs> the only time they get backed up is when I'm sitting in front of their computer. So you want to get them? You want to give them a gift for Christmas? So I know. Carbonite. Yeah. Let's go to Carbonite. Actually, yeah. there's a couple of those yeah. out there now. There's a new one I saw today. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. I don't have it in front of me either. But uh, they do a good job of backing up too. I mean, Carbonite is sixty bucks a year. Yeah. You just turn it on and it just backs up for them. I mean, that's that's how I do it. Well, they. Um, I mean, I use other things too, but I set up Time Machine. Oh, I have Time Machine running, um, but not necessarily on, on my laptop because it's, it's portable. I'm always carrying it around. Yeah. But like the desktop, I have Time Machine. And they're, they're desktops, and that's what I ended up setting up, um, just so. Uh, I could do something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's better than nothing. I mean, uh, there's actually, and I don't think it's been published yet, a security one-on-one thing about this whole thing, about backing up oh. and stuff like that. Because uh, if you get infected, the best thing to do is, is re-image. Or if you get infected to the point where your, your data has been hijacked and um, you're, you're trying to get you to pay money to get it undone, which, you know, never again, never get a credit card. Right. <laughs> never, never pay anybody anything. <laughs> But um, if it's ransomware, you lose your data. The thing to do there is just reimage the box and restore right. it at that point. Yeah, I, I, I do. I'm, I get torn with this one. I re, and and Dennis and I, um, he while we're you know um, sitting together, we, he he wanted to talk about this and it was an open discussion. And and I mean I could literally spend hours on this and I get very torn on the subject. Um, I yeah. say yes, but at the same time I can offer with enough information to say no to it also. 
Yeah, so. I guess my concern is, and especially, I mean, you and I and Dennis are maybe different because we do this every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. But the average person wouldn't know what to look for, and That's you wouldn't right. know if you got more than more than what you got. I mean, especially yeah. things that have droppers on them that continue to drop new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know, um, in the malware community, um, as you start to reverse it, you'll you'll learn a word called mutex. If you haven't heard of it now, you you will hear of it. Um, so your you know AV scanners, um, cleaners, heuristic engines, whatever you want to call them, um, they can only clean what they know. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. They can only clean what they know. So and sometimes they clean stuff that shouldn't be cleaned. Yeah, right. and, and mm-hmm. the fact that it, happens it all the time. yeah, yeah. And the fact and the article goes to speak to the fact that it found something. Um, chances are, at the rate that new malware is being written, there's something there that you haven't found. Right, and it's almost you know you can almost say it's one for and, one. And if you don't know how to properly get rid yeah. of it or look for it, you're going to be at risk of getting something more if you get the dropper, for example. Yeah, mm-hmm. or you know, the piece that's setting up the data, you may have gotten part of it, the part you can see, but the part you don't see could still be there. So, I mean, for most people, it's probably safer to do a reimage unless you really have something you need off of there. Yeah. But I, I think for this to realistically happen, um, not only on the corporate side, but uh, more so on the private side, just, you know, corporate's too complex. We can get into that forever. The, just mm-hmm. on the private side, um, I think this is a solution that needs to come from the industry. You know what I mean? Right. They need to make it more feasible mm-hmm. that if a user um, does detect an infection, that they have this ability to do a reimage without losing their personal data. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like like um, Apple with their time machine. You know, right. if you hook up an external drive, well, I'm pretty sure you know, Windows can, still has yeah. Windows backup. And Windows has Windows backup. And they do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But don't they do it locally? Yes. Yeah. So the problem with that is, if you get a rootkit and you don't crush partitions, you reimage. Well, they can do it to external drives. Could be so. the yeah. You could do it on yeah. external drive. Yeah. So, yeah. but it, um, you know, it's it's more the awareness. I think it's not a hot topic. Carbonite, yeah, yeah recently. Um, but I think as well, as a whole, the industry, I think any needs kind of to really. Is, yeah. I mean, carbon is good if you're portable, like I am, because I don't have a, I'm not always attached to. Um, something to back up to at the yep. drive. So it's just nice to have it just do it on its own. Um, and not, it can be, there's other things on the carbonate do very similar things. But yep. um, like the, the Mac Pro sitting out there obviously has a Drobo attached to it and I run Time Machine on it right. because it never it never moves. Yep. Yeah. So. Time Machine, just a really good feature. Yeah, yep. I mean, yeah. there's some issues with it, but for the average person, it works. It's easy. It works yep. yeah. and, mm-hmm. and when they mean um, wipe your drive, they mean wipe your drive. Don't yeah. do a restore point. Um, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. got You got to blow all partitions away and and basically and, clean and most, slate it. Most new computers come with either a partition, a drive partition on them to reimage, or a way to burn a DVD that, that you can do that with. Right. Um, and it doesn't take long to do that typically. It's generally pretty yeah. quick as long as you have your data back. I mean, you got to go through the pain of reinstalling all your applications and all that stuff. Right. But so many people just take it out of the box and already have what it's on it. I know it's like my family. They get it out of the box. They don't put much else on it. Maybe put Skype or something on it. Yeah, yeah. But even with Windows 8, Skype's installed now, isn't it? Right. So I mean, all mm-hmm. this stuff's installed by default. So it's not much yeah. of a pain to install yeah. things anymore. Yeah. I just you know, um, I, ju- I I think that um, people like um, I'm trying not to promote, but like Geek Squad. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Geek Squad tries to make their money off of the fact that um, you don't know how to do it, so you do have to bring it to them. When I, I think that's a disservice when, when you have things like the Wise Guys or Geek Squad or we have a few local companies here like right. CES um, where they should be teaching people how to protect themselves by making sure they do do backups. Yeah. So when they do come into them, a re-image is really all they need, and they can do a re-image and then push their, their personal data back on, and right. you're good to go, you know? And, right. Um, I, th I think you'll win more people over if, if you start to show that I'm here to really help you. you know? Right. And, that, and that's an industry change that needs to happen. Absolutely. So uh, what is the answer to uh, this question? I've asked it a lot. People will come and say, oh, I can't boot up my computer. And I'll say, uh, do you take backups? <laughs> How I'm often? No. <laughs> it's almost always no. Actually, it's not even no. It's what is you know. Then you can just see it across their face, saying, <laughs> <Blank stare>. "Oh." <laughs> it's like, is it really that bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did they set that up before I pulled it out of the yeah. box? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple good things in that article is basically it says, you know, if you look in a registry, you can basically see the malware infections that have happened throughout the the past. And I thought that was a very good uh, point in the article. Uh, file association hijacking, you know, which we see all the time with fake AV. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that registry doesn't get cleaned and can allow a backdoor for you. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of um, a lot of IT pros, um, sad to say, get a little nervous about touching the registry. Because, I mean, unless you really know how to navigate the hives, yeah, you can just mm -hmm. blow that box yeah. up. Yeah. Just really blow that box up. But um, and then, I, then the uh, PC doesn't come back, and then yeah. you ask if there's backups, and then we know what the answer is. I mean, but between the, the three of us, you know, um, you get somebody that knows what you're doing. Um, you know, there have been several times that I found an infection just because of the fact that I know what to look at at the registry. Right. right. I mean, you get good at that. I mean, the average person's yeah. not going to know that kind of stuff. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Yeah. So I put this last this article in here about uh, Google Doodle celebrates Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, remember, don't panic. And I think this I put this after this article because we just said, well, as long as you have as long as you have backups, but don't panic is uh, is the is the feature here. Uh, they did have they said the same thing that the previous article says: reimaging infected computers is much quicker and more reliable these days, uh, but it's often overkill. Uh, so you can still take ages and be pretty inconvenient for your users. So, you know, it's the same kind of thing here. Uh, don't panic. You know, it's probably not as bad as you think, uh, but you can always re-image if you have yeah. to. And I, I'm, you know, I, I got to say um, there are um, apps out there um, like Norton Ghost and things like that. So Old Reliable. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, where you don't just go back to your out-of-box disks, or you don't go to your recovery partitions once you've established your baseline mm -hmm. normal yeah, it's computing. A, it's a pain. I mean, yeah. Norton Ghost is probably the best way to do that, yeah. but the average person is not going to do that. That's yeah. correct. But, and that's yeah. what I said. That's where we need a, we need a shift, you <laughs> right. know? Right. And and you, you get a product that is more um, user-friendly, end-user computer-friendly. Mm -hmm. um, not tech, yeah. but end-user-friendly. Um, where they can establish that snapshot and create their custom image. Yeah, you know, um, Norton Ghost. Uh, the evolution is incredible. Uh, still for techies. Still, yeah. you know, not for the faint of heart. And if you're on a Mac, you, there's, you can do it 
with other free tools yeah. on the Mac as well that are very work very similar to what Ghost does. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, but the old days of Ghost Norton or of Norton Ghost, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just you had really had to think about it. Right, and yeah. if you made a mistake, it was gone. It was gone. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. John found this article, and um, this is a, a new feed. We haven't gone to them before. I, I don't correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the next web. Yes. Have we yeah. feeded from them before? I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, we found some great stuff on there today, and this was actually something we were working with. So this is a real uh, live attack that's happening now in the wild. Uh, despite its efforts to fix vulnerabilities, Yahoo's mail users continue to report hacking incidents. And it's pretty bad. We we've been monitoring it for a couple of days now, and uh, it's it's out there. We're um, so you, you got to think about this. So um, what we're seeing is um, numbers in the um, hundreds, mm-hmm. and that's our view. Right. That's not the the global views. So for us to see the numbers in the hundreds tells you this. And I'm not talking 100, 200. In the hundreds, you know, yeah. So where um, Yahoo Mail users have been seeing that their accounts have been broken into, and this was probably first recorded um, late January 2013. Um, there was um, an XSS exploit within the um, Yahoo um, Mail capabilities that was not only openly exploited, but it was recorded and posted on YouTube. Oh, great. And it taught everybody how to do it. And he even put in his notes, take this and use it. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I had played played this. We watched the video. Two days ago. We found it. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, we started getting a whole bunch of them. We were getting bombed. And these were, these weren't botnet accounts created to spam. These were actual compromise accounts spreading the vulnerability. So within the compromise account, um, not only will it steal your contacts, but it will also check recently sent and your inbox and grab addresses from any email out of sent, inbox, and contact. Craft an email with just a link, and the link is a bogus link. So um, the link reported in the article that they've seen since January is an um, MSNBC. Um, the link that um, we recently went after today was Fox News. Mm-hmm. Um, News. Uh-huh. Um, and they did a real good job of spoofing it. Um, but you know, at quick glance, you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm legitimately there. But then within a couple of seconds, you go, yeah, this page is really hokey. They got it close, but not, not exact. Yeah, so yeah. You, you'll start to pick up on the small things. But um, what it does is it tricks you long enough that um, what happens is is that um, when you redirect to the fake page, um, your Yahoo, Yahoo Mail account, if you're actively logged into it, is immediately hacked. <laughs> immediately hacked. Yeah. So the um, compromise accounts are being locked out. And then when the users try to regain access to some of their accounts, um, they are given a bogus number. When they call the bogus number, they reach a bogus help desk where they speak very poor English. And for $100, we will restore your account. So that's the additional um, component that they're seeing since um, the last January. So, um, you know, Yahoo says that they have secured the vulnerability 
um, and that uh, they are safe and that users need to use a stronger password when securing their account, and that's what we're seeing. Um, the volume we're seeing, I can tell you that's not the case. Um, right. The volume being reported by the article um, will also agree. Um, they um, go to give you a timeline. It's great. If you go in the notes and you read the article, it goes from day reported from January 7th, and it actually gives examples. Um, it tells you the exploit, the XSS, XSS vulnerability that's used. The person that actually um, posted the video. Um, then it goes on to talk about um, you know, who discovered it, that it was reported to Yahoo, that Yahoo said that they quote-unquote had um, corrected it, um, that the compromise was continued um, to be caught and seen and reported in the wild, and then reported again to Yahoo. And um, I think what's most upsetting is, is that Yahoo um, recently reiterated its um, stance saying that the XSS flaw or the cross-site scripting flaw um, reported um, to Yahoo has been fixed and we continue to aggressively investigate um, any reports of a compromised account um, exhibiting anomalous behavior, um, but um, that they're committed to protecting their users and their data, that we strongly urge the users to use stronger passwords, change them more frequently. So they're going after this as a, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a weak password issue. Um, when the research shows that um, if you're actively logged into your Yahoo account and you click to the, the fake link, gone. Your account is just is gone. They got control of it. And then they will strip the inbox, they'll strip the sent box, they'll strip the contacts list, and try to continue to spread itself. Now, I heard you give some good recommendations for Yahoo passwords if you think you're compromised. You had a schedule out, so if you you recommended that they change their passwords right away to stop the spam, and then go back and change their password. If if an account has been compromised once, um, chances are um, they will immediately try you again once they realize that the password has been tried uh -huh. uh, changed. So changing your password once um, is um, just to fix the existing issue. Now you want to go into preventative mode. So um, it's I recommend that they recycle that new password within that next week, within the next seven days. Because chances are um, when somebody comes back to um, access your account and to you know, send out another campaign and they realize they no longer have access, they're going to try to hack your account again. Hmm. So um, I recommended that a couple of the users that we had run across, that one, they immediately change their password, and then within the next seven days that they change it one more time, and two, include the security questions. Hmm. Um, really, you know, once someone has access to any of your accounts, it's not just the password. Um, it's you know it's real easy to drop that little back door in there by changing right. one or two of your security questions because they have access to your account they're there right let's you know mm -hmm. let's give myself a backdoor because industry wide everybody says change your password industry wide nobody says change your security questions that's right right yeah or use fake answers too yeah right yeah. Yeah, change your, change your fake, fake answers. That's so right. we, we've seen this um, actually three times this week. 
And we were definitely on the upside of the curve on this one, discovering it, because uh, when we started, there was a, just a trickle. Um, in fact, I was the fifth user or fifth viewer on that uh, um, on that um, on the article on the article. Yeah. So and then by the time, you know, just a couple of days pass and then, you know, there's quite a few people who have already viewed it. Yep. And yeah. the um, the writers and, and the owners of the site, um, they also um, watch. Uh, what's trending on Google searches and um, this was big at first when it was first discovered in January and then when Yahoo released in the report that they remediated it uh, the, the interest fell off but um, what happened was the attacks didn't stop mm -hmm. um, so they said they noticed a significant increase in people searching again my specifically Yahoo mail account has been hacked how do I fix it so, um, you know, Yahoo is, I don't know, I, I, not there, I don't speak to them, but um, in my opinion, um, three months is not acceptable. Yeah. And three, three months of the same behavior is not fixed. Yeah. Right. Well, it's because they're making everybody uh, that was working at home come into the office now. I think that's probably <laughs> part of the problem for Yahoo. Yeah, you know, they keep changing the design of the site too, so. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So for show notes from this show, contact details and more, go to the securitycoded.tv website where you can get show notes and watch all the other episodes of Security Decoded. While there, check out the other great shows at TechZen TV. We love to hear from our viewers and listeners. You can contact us via Twitter and email. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. And uh, we've had a great show with lots of great show notes and definitely check out those show notes. Yeah. yeah. Now, before you get to your question, mm -hmm. I actually want to show you guys something so I'm going to bring up my computer. Okay. And a couple weeks ago, we were going to do the <coughs> Harlem Shake thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So have you seen the Easter egg? <laughs> no. Okay. So if you go to YouTube uh -huh. and you have to type it in, you can't – if you do the Harlem – you can't select it. you got to type the whole right. thing in. And keep watching the page. See the YouTube starting to move? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, the Harlem Shake. <laughs> keep, let's keep, keep watching. It gets better. And there's actually, I think there's music playing. Nope. Oh! oh. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I like finding Google's Easter eggs. They're really, yeah. they're really good about dropping their little ones around. We might even have to change the name of this episode, actually. Yeah, yeah so yeah, that was the... Yeah. Well, we were talking about doing that before. Right, yeah. Was, one was popular, and then... Yeah. So, so my question of the week is... There is a technology that's going to help us eventually with security. We just don't really know what it is. So if you could envision something or create something, what would it be? Now, or something that's on the horizon, either one. I think that uh, quantum computing is going to be the security savior here. So if you can beat the hackers, uh, you can do it by processing it really fast, instantaneously. And that's what quantum computer is going to do. It's just have to, we have to get the price point down to something that's usable. But you also got to think about a quantum computer will allow yeah. them to reverse that's right. passwords. That's right. That faster. Yeah. <laughs> so. But you always have the edge because you have that split second. You send the information, and there's your split second right there. And you should be done your transaction by then. So hopefully they, you know, they won't figure out a way to, to do that. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll crack somebody's password. That'll, yeah. that, that'll be it. Yeah. Well, have, you, you've, have you seen the machines they're building now with all the, the graphics cards in them? Yeah. 
that are using to crack these passwords. That's right. Yeah. It's a whole rack full of, <laughs> of video cards. <laughs> so right. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Mike? What uh, what technology are you looking for, or what do you think well, that's going to be out there? Or I think we're heading in the right direction. I think the devices that watch, I'm going to use FireEye as an example, but there's lots of other devices like FireEye mm-hmm. that are watching <laughs> the traffic. They basically are running the what you download. So it sees what you, you download or what attachments you get, puts it in a VM and runs it. And when your quantum computer idea is where that comes in, because you can do that really fast. Yeah. And if it happens so fast that you don't really notice the difference as a user. Yeah. It doesn't seem that slow to you. I think as they go forward with technology, it's going to help a lot. And they need to be more behavior-based than pattern-based, which is what FireEye is working on because it tells you what it does and explodes it and it knows what's just questionable things. I think that's the direction that we need to head because I think it needs to eventually go down to the computer level, not necessarily the network level, the client level, the client level. And I know there's people working on that stuff too. So I think that's what's going to help us. Because the patterns aren't going to work. Right. Well, we see all the AV trend uh, is now has their smart pattern out, um, and it's the same thing. It looks more for behavior. It's got the signature patterns there too, uh, but really behavior. So right. I think we're going to see a lot of. I that. mean, that was one of the topics from um, RSA, where um, you know, typically security is is I'm going to make the super egg. I'm going to make the hardest shell in the world, and yeah. you're not going to crack me. Right. Um, well, that's what they always say. Crack yeah. on the outside, soft <laughs> on the inside. That's right. And um, I think one of the biggest messages that came out from RSA is security from the inside out. Yeah. 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 And we talked about that two weeks ago, I, I think yeah. we said that. Something similar to that, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What do you think? UTMs. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a really good push for UTMs, but they just weren't effective because they crippled the network. Uh, you get too many modules in, um, a lot of them still signature-based, and then as you pass through each module, you pass um, another layer of complexity within the unit itself that you can take uh, a one-gig network and almost crush it in half. Um, it just, I, I really... Um, think that you know you, you you learn through your mistakes. So um, I think they backed off from that too quickly. I think they need to learn from their mistakes. And and I see um, a lot of potential in, in UTMs because of the fact that um, you know it's no longer perimeter defense. Right. So why spend the money on an AV vendor, a um, you know heuristics or behavior based vendor, a email vendor, a when I can do it all in one, I can get a firewall, I can get an IDS, I can get an AV, and maintain my network throughput, and then you know take the money that I save by not having three different vendors, by not having three different support contracts, and invest it in end user education. And a lot of that goes towards. Dennis, this thing about uh, the unified threat management stuff mm-hmm. because um, you need, I mean, the, the quantum computing yeah. because you need that speed to tear everything apart. That's right. I mean, there's yeah. UTMs out there, but you can only, I don't know if I've ever seen one that can do everything. Yeah. yeah. Because That's if you right. turn everything on, it just starts falling to its knees. That's right. Exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, and, they, and the funny thing is, is, is um, they, they give you a list and they literally tell you. Yeah. If you run just the firewall, you'll get this throughput. Yeah, that's right. You enable this module, you now get this. You enable this module, you now get right. this. And, and, for, and for a smaller company, that may be fine. Yeah. But when you get to these big enterprises, they just don't, yeah. just don't cut and, it. And that's why that's I think right. they, they really, um, 
you know, their, their first couple shots at it, and there's still some units out there that are trying to, you know, sell the, the UTM model, but it's just, um, right now it's not practical. It, 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 um, it stove pipes your network too hard. Right. It really stove pipes your network too hard. And, and um, if they got more efficient at that, um, because, and what I mean by end user education, it's it's not your onboarding orientation, hey, here's a good password. It's it's a continuous effort. If right. you don't do a continuous effort, your users will slip. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you said about technology of protecting us in the future. Mm-hmm. There's a new one that's coming that I think is going to be a privacy issue. In fact, I think that some places have already banned them, even though they're not even out yet. And that's Google Glass. Yeah. Because oh, because it's capturing images. You don't know yes. when somebody's yeah, capturing. That's right. So I've heard of like gyms saying you're not going to allow them in here. Movie theaters aren't going to allow them in here. Yeah, that's right, because of copyright issues. Yeah. Steal movies, yeah. but see, um, yeah. and it's not even out yet, and people are already saying. But somebody's yeah. already somebody's actually already run into a problem with that. Facebook did with facial recognition software. Because it violates privacy laws in some foreign countries, so Facebook actually so, got in a little that's bit of a good trouble. About so how that. does Android get around that? Because Android has the face unlock feature. Yeah, I'd be curious to know that. Well, I, I guess it's because um, Facebook did it indiscriminately. It looked at everybody's pictures and says, "Hey, I think it's oh, this oh. person," as opposed to Android. You're like, "This is my face. Oh, I'm oh, inputting so it my works face." Like, Apple's iPhoto does. Yeah, right. iPhoto goes through pictures and says, yeah. is this so-and-so? And right. Says, yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and they were doing it for possible tagging. So anybody that uploaded an image to Facebook, Facebook was looking at it and then started you. comparing it against all the accounts saying, hey, this might be this person. Do you want to tag them? Right. And that actually violated yeah. privacy laws in several countries, and they had to stop that. Yeah. What else that was interesting? This week I've been hearing a lot of talk about Google Glass. Glass. Because, you know. We had that story last week on it too. Oh yeah, Google I was going up in, in May. So mm-hmm. they're like what are they gonna announce about Google Google Glass? And they think there's people are starting to see them more around. Like somebody yeah. recently saw one on an airplane somewhere they were going and they said they sat down beside somebody, didn't have the guts to ask them to, to look at them or anything. Right. But, um you know, that's that's definitely a privacy concern because you yeah. don't know when somebody's recording. There's no red light. Yeah. You know, you just and is it a privacy concern and a security concern? I mean, you have somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a security concern. I, yeah. was, I was more taking the human side and saying yeah. privacy concern. Right. There, and there's, brought this week. there's things like that. It's, it's a very unique looking device right now. Yeah. Very identifiable. Yeah, you wear glasses, so you don't think anything about yeah. that. Yeah. So, you wouldn't. But I mean, but somebody somebody can tell. You can tell what the Google glasses are because, like, oh, yeah. But wait till it progresses to a point where it looks like. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's yeah. Right. And they were joking this week about, you know, Fenty being contact lenses. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a little far-fetched. I mean, ultimately, yeah. it could happen. Well, the far-fetched sometimes turns into reality. Yeah. 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 I mean, mm-hmm. But my whole thing this week was, you know, there. this week was a lot of buzz about privacy. I mean, yeah. Walking into a locker room. You, you know, things like that. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. You know, we see the, we've seen this in science fiction. Um, we had that Hitchhiker's Guide uh, article. But there's lots of things like that in Star Trek and uh, in uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah. That's the one with the – kind of reminds me of the Google glasses. Well, you, you, say, you said Star Trek. That's funny because, you know, the guy who played Jordan LaForge. Yeah. Uh, Mar- yeah. LeVar Burton said, mine looked better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> That was something that was on the speak too, I saw. But you know, those guys never had any problem with privacy or security concerns uh, with their uh, with their technology, did they? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for us. That's another episode of Security Decoded, and we'll see you next week. All right. See ya. Bye. For show notes for this show, contacts, and more, 
go to the TechZen.tv website where you can get show notes for all of our shows. We love to hear from our viewers and listeners. We have an email, a Twitter, and a phone number where you can contact us for each show. For details, visit the TechZen.tv website and get the show details. You can also make a video and upload it somewhere like YouTube or Vimeo and then just send us a link. You never know, you may see your video in a future show. You can get all of our shows delivered automatically to your favorite device by going to your favorite podcast website like iTunes and subscribing. Each of our shows also has a YouTube channel you can subscribe to to get regular updates. Our shows are also available on most internet radio networks like Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. You can also watch and listen to our shows on Xbox, TiVo, and Roku. You can even find us on your Zoom.